Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 139 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is technically the third episode of April 2015, which, you know, kind of negates the whole bi-monthly aspect of it, but you know, (laughs) there's just so much to cover. Joining me here in the studio for this particular episode, we have Mr. Brian Cook. Hello. Rachel Cook. Hi there. Jeff Dean. What up, kids? And myself. Uh, So we're going to be talking about nothing but news tonight. So I think it's probably appropriate for me to just go ahead and do this. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. And what news do we have? This is actually what we're a week and a half out from when this news broke or something like that. Yeah. Almost two weeks. Definitely almost two weeks because it came out on March 31st, which everybody, uh, and the internet almost collectively went, no, it's April Fool's Day. It's an April Fool's joke, but it is absolutely <laughs> not. Toho announced the director, writer, and special effects director of the next Japanese Godzilla movie. Uh, slated for 2016, and those directors are Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about those directors right now and basically share stories of what we've seen them do in the past, uh, be it good, be it bad. This is just sort of like a discussion news episode, I guess you could say. Uh, we're not going to blast through these news items because this is essentially the meat of this episode. Um, so I guess I'm just going to start by saying, uh, Hideaki Anno is the probably best known for directing and I think writing the Evangelion series. Is it all of the series or just some of it? I think it's just some of it, right? I, I, is he, is he creator on it? Mm, That's going to take some checking out on my part. I am not as much of an anime person. As I am more into like Japanese film, regular film. So yeah, and I'm I'm definitely not an anime person. Yeah. Um, but it looks like uh, it started in 1995. Really? Yeah. Okay. That late? I thought it was a lot earlier than that. Broadcasts on TV Tokyo from October 1995 to March of 1996. Uh, it was produced by Tatsunoku Productions and Gainax, which is a company that was formed i i don't know very much about it but i'm sure at some point in the future we can talk about it and uh directed by hideaki ano and in case anyone doesn't know what evangelion is evangelion is a japanese program an animation show <laughs> anime or oh. as we used to call it back in our day japanimation 
Now, Japanimation, is, that's a word uh, that I yes, I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the anime is, but I had to I, say something to get Jeff involved in the conversation. Yes, yes, Japanimation. I yeah, I came out of my stupor and I yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I recognize it. Okay, I've heard, okay. I've heard that animation is drawings come to life. Is that witchcraft? I think so. I think it's okay. absolutely witchcraft, or if not witchcraft, just the devil. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> Evangelion is one of those things that I think it really struck a chord with fans around the world. I haven't watched any, really. I've seen just clips and, and so forth. I know some of the characters just by sight. Like, I don't know their yeah. names. Uh, and I know that the big giant robots, which I never really spoke about, but basically it's an anime about giant robots who fight giant monsters, monsters yeah. essentially. They're, they're angels, right? Isn't that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're not really like kaiju monsters. They're kind of like blobby. Yeah. Like... That's no, more like yokai. Like, no, they're all like imagine bit, have you seen an Evangelion like the EVAs, the robots? Have you seen? Oh what they yeah, look I've like? seen a picture. They're really spindly pictures, looking. But, yeah, yeah. Now imagine that robot, but then just like covered in black slime, mm -hmm. or mm. give it wings and do stuff to it. You know, it's. I see. I don't. I don't watch the show, so I don't have a lot of frame of reference for it. But that is essentially what the idea is, and then. The sub story basically is that these human characters of which there is drama involved, they connect directly to the Evangelion robots. And that's mm. actually why a lot of people were saying that Pacific Rim with the, the drift mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. similar or ripping mm -hmm. off <laughs> technically. Yeah. That's what I heard more ripping off, uh, Evangelion. And I was just like, oh, okay, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could point that. <laughs> point to that but you know maybe just inspired by i like to defend guillermo <laughs> del toro because i want him to be my friend and uh, <laughs> i have to say like he said straight up i've never seen evangelion so because he said that i'm going to take him at his word and say that i don't think he did it travis beecham on the other hand the writer definitely might have had some some inspiration from it but regardless of that uh that's what a lot of people said when they saw the trailer for Pacific Rim. That and Power Rangers and, and whatever. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just happened to start watching Evangelion uh, right before this news hit just uh, just because my friend is a big anime fan right. and he heard I liked Attack on Titan, so he's like, oh, check this out. Well, I know it's so, really popular, and now it's yeah. good that you're checking it out because it's uh, timely for yeah, exactly. the news. Exactly. So what do you think of it? So far, how much have you watched? I've only watched maybe like two or three episodes, and uh, yeah, it's I can definitely see the it's it has parallels to the kaiju genre, so it's accessible from that uh, vantage point. Accessible is a good word for it, I think, because I've heard a lot of kaiju fans actually sing praises mm -hmm. of the Evangelion series. Yeah. I actually have the three movies, and I believe they took episodes and edited them into movies. Is that mm -hmm. right? I don't know for no. sure, but... Well, don't quote me on that, folks, but there were three movies that came out, and uh, I have those, and I want to watch them, which is why I was saying, like, does anybody want to come over and watch <laughs> watch this with me? Because I don't know if I'm going to have the mental fortitude to actually make it through the films by myself. I'm very easily distracted when it comes to anime, and unless someone takes my phone away, <laughs> you know, there's a pretty, pretty high probability that I'm just going to be sitting there going, 
I know that voice. I got it. Who is that voice? And then the next <laughs> thing I know, I'll be rabbit holing into face base. And I don't want to do that. So that's why I would love for somebody to come over and chaperone me. As but it does seem like the directors mm-hmm. are logical choices. Yeah. Very well, let's talk so. let, talk a little bit more about Hideaki Anno, because not only was he involved with um, Evangelion, but the guy has done quite a few things. Not a ton. I don't know who in this room would know them. Uh, here's what he directed and, and also wrote. Gunbuster in 1988, Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water, Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, something called Evangelion Death and Rebirth in 97, The End of Evangelion in 1997 as well. Then there's Kare Kano, which says his and her circumstances in 98, Love and Pop in 1998, a movie called Ritual in 2000, something called Anime Tencho, something called Ryusei Kacho, Submarine 707R, Wait, it says director of episodes openings. So I don't know what that means, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, Has he mostly done animation? I think so. Oh, Submarine 707R looks very similar to Battleship Yamato in a sense. Anyway, moving on. He did Cutie Honey, a live action film that I can speak about because I actually really enjoy the film. You you bought it, right? Uh, I bought it. I actually saw it when it came out. Uh, originally, I, I saw it on DVD. Um, remember when Katsu downtown had mm-hmm. videos you could rent? Mm-hmm. I rented Cutie Honey at the video store. Had no idea that it eventually came out here in the States on DVD. And uh, yeah, the whole time I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get a bootleg copy of that sometime. In fact, I'm pretty sure that months ago, I went on to like CD Japan or Yes Asia and was looking for a Blu-ray version of the film just because I was like, oh, I'm just going to get, you know, the newest version. But it, there was nothing on there. Now that I found out that it's available here in the States, I picked it up from Amazon for a whopping $5. Nice. And, uh, and I just watched it the other day, actually. All right. I don't know. I mean, I don't need to spend much time on Cutie Honey here. Cutie Honey is a comedy, but it's a, originally it was an animation. So there's a good tie-in for Anno. Uh, it was an animation by Go Nagai. The same guy who created Devil Man, the same guy who created the Super Robots, Mazinger Z, Getter Robo, etc., etc. I've never really watched any Cutie Honey show at all, but the movie came out. I was like, oh, this looks kind of cute. And I popped it in and it's hilarious. I actually think that the acting is great in it. And unfortunately, it does what so many Japanese movies, especially produced in the 90s and beyond do, is they just they're really great at the beginning, and then they really fall kind of flat towards the end. But aside from that, I have very fond memories of Cutie Honey and watching it again this just past weekend. I also have very fond newer memories of it as well. She's a female superhero, right? Yeah, it's hard to even describe what Cutie Honey is. Cutie Honey is a hot, master of disguise superhero chick (laughs) and she has the ability to become super almost like shazam you know captain marvel says shazam uh but she puts her fingers to this little choker that she wears and says honey fresh and uh it's it's actually it's really adorable after after i watched the movie lady kyle came in and i was like i i think you would have liked this at least for a little while so I backed it up a little bit and showed her some of this stuff. And she was like, oh, yeah, she's adorable. And I was like, yes, she is adorable. 
but it's also like the people who are in the movie did a really good job of acting. And it's weird because you're turning animation into live action. You know, in the States here, like, Jeff, what was your favorite cartoon as a kid? Scooby-Doo. Oh, see, they did a live-action version of Scooby-Doo here. Perfect example. Let's not talk about that. No, we're going to talk about it, just briefly. (laughs) So they did a live-action version of Scooby-Doo here in the States, but basically they tried to stay pretty true to the characters and even some of their actions. Like, didn't they have the whole, like, when they run? (laughs) I think so. Yeah, I I think they did once. I just know that the guy who played Shaggy pretty much... Did a spot on Zoic Scoob, a uh, <laughs> impersonation of a Casey Kasem. That's right, Jeff. Uh, but so long distance dedication. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. What were you talking about? Is the, is the whiskey setting in? <laughs> we're drinking whiskey. Oh, no, I'm not. Uh, anyway, Me when yes. when we do an animated film into live action here in the States, it's usually pretty subtle. I mean, you're basically looking of, I guess, I didn't watch the Smurfs movie, but... uh, Uh, That's not technically (laughs) animation, though, right? Uh, The Smurfs was animation, yes. and (laughs) then. I love how this is becoming a crazy train that I'm having trouble stopping. Uh, I'll just shut up. (laughs) But anyway, the idea that I was trying to get across is like, we usually go for a set in the real world kind of scenario. And in Cutie Honey, the live action version, there's no way that that could be the real world. I mean, you're talking about, you'd have to crank up the suspension of disbelief to like 55. It's it's, uh, ridiculous. And it's not even like, ridiculous for a superhero movie it's just hilarious and dumb and like totally worth watching at least the first half uh, so was cutie honey a film or was it a television series oh did i not say that it was a it was a television series in the 70s okay then they did a rebooted ova animation in the 90s i believe and then this movie came out in 2004 live action film okay Sorry, I got a little carried away. I just really <laughs> wanted to talk about Cutie Honey and how amazing it is. In addition to special effects and so forth being amped up because it's a superhero movie, the characters in the film act like they're an anime. So they still have these quick whoosh motions and like there's a guy who comes in out of nowhere and gives his card to people and he's <laughs> like he looks like he's stepped out of an anime giant like, eyes that they've blown no, up no they haven't done that to it thank god and giant teardrops <laughs> and sweat drops <laughs> I think I did see a couple of sweat drops yeah. but yeah they don't do that they don't go that far but like it's the the costume design is like they took it right out of the the cartoon. I don't know if it's right exactly on. like the cartoon, but they it looks like it could have been the old school seventies style cartoon. Nice. The, this car, this car, this dude that I'm talking about that it, he like he really just looks like you. You know who Lupin is, Brian? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, like he yeah, looks like from he's the, from Lupin. Like yeah. he's got like very stylish, but kind of outdated stylish clothes mm-hmm. and like a big <laughs> you know driver's cap and his like, hair is kind of coming out the sides and yeah. it's very sculpted. It's like James Bond via the Sgt. Pepper's album yeah, cover. A little <laughs> if bit. That makes yeah, sense. yeah. A little <laughs> bit. Anyway, I don't know why I'm sticking on this point. I found it fascinating. And, uh, you know, unfortunately sometimes I watch these movies and I'm like, is this just very Japanese and I don't get it because I'm not Japanese or is this actually bad? Like, 
And so <laughs> when the movie sort of makes the switch, <laughs> that's sort of the, the feeling I got from it. But I've talked too long about Cutie Honey by uh, Hideaki Anno. I don't have anything else about him except that he's going to be working on Godzilla with his good friend, Shinji Higuchi. Now, Jeff, does that name ring a bell to you? <laughs> Special effects supervisor. For? Final Wars. The Gamera series. Gamera series. That's what I meant. Right. I knew you meant that. I knew, I knew you meant that. Final so. Wars Gamera series. It all runs together as in oh. like kind of a 90s, 2004 kind of a thing. Look how wide uh. his eyes got. <laughs> He's there. muted Jeff's mic. So. so um, Turn it on. Turn it on. <laughs> I need to explain myself. Okay. You have to understand that for me, 1994 to 2004 is all the same time. It's the same year. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get stuck in like a time loop? I'm an old guy. So oh, okay. pretty much from like 1999 to like <laughs> now, it's all pretty much kind of a blur. Okay. It's like all within the last couple of years. Gotcha. When I gotcha. say something happened a couple of years ago, that could be 2001. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So special effects supervisor. Special I got that part right. For, you did. You did. Okay. For the Gamera 90s trilogy. Listen, you asked me a question a few minutes ago about what my cat's name was. I couldn't even remember. <laughs> yes, that's true. And we the name of the cat is... And I live with the name this of the cat, cat is Kaiju. And I live with this cat. I mean, it lives in my home and I can't remember the name. Yeah. So, like I said, you just I'm, know I, he's the I'm one an that old guy. Wings. Yeah, I'm an old guy. So I, names, for, I can't even remember what the person sitting right next to me the, Rachel, that's what it is. The only I'm, female it, name in the room. I, I guess that's think, not true. I have to think really In the hard. room, yeah. Yeah, the, I guess in the room. But I was going to say, the only unless female you're saying name have a in the room. Name. Well. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so. Uh, yeah, that's the guy. The end. Jamata, everybody. <laughs> Jamata? You mean yak Another great episode. Yak yak. Yak. <laughs> no, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know this is like a yakety yak episode right here. A little bit, yeah. Yakety yak Godzilla attack. But we're being very respectful. Oh, of Godzilla the attack! Explicit tags that we're not using in this episode. Right. Okay, so uh, I've been a huge fan of this guy Shinji Higuchi ever since I saw the very first movie. Actually, I probably was a bigger fan of him after watching the second film, after watching mm-hmm. Advent of Legion, because that movie blew me away. Whereas the first movie, I was just like, "Whoa, that was really good." Uh, and then the second movie is when I was like, how the hell did they do that and that and that? That's where I really, really came into, uh, I guess my fondness for Shinji Higuchi. Uh, I was actually trying to interview him, like trying to go over to Japan and interview him, uh, earlier, not this last time, but unfortunately I just couldn't, couldn't track him down. So is he the writer or is he a co-director? He is the what? director of special effects for this film. Okay. And there awesome. is some speculation that he might have some more in the director's chair or I believe because he and Hideaki Anno are such tight friends. It leads me to believe that the entire production is essentially going to be run through those two guys. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, I mean, how do you feel about this news? First oh, of all, I'm, I'm overjoyed. It's a great couple of guys to be helming Godzilla. Shinji Higuchi, as a longtime fan, man, that, that, uh, it makes me feel 
very confident that it will be a cool flick. I will tell you some things that I know he worked on, uh, aside from Gamera. He did the special effects, and I think most of the, the actual movie itself, Gehara, the long-haired monster, oh. which is freaking awesome. So good. Uh, he did Submersion of Japan. Now, he actually directed that one, I believe. Uh, what so year I, is that? That one was... And that, incidentally, uh, is a remake of a movie from the 70s. Wait, what movie did I say? Submersion of Japan. They called it The Sinking of Japan in 2006. Ah. So what is... And Submersion from of Japan. Oh, he directed Lorelei. Huh, oh. weird. Not really what I would consider to be a great film. It's called Lorelei, The Witch of the Pacific. It came out in 2005. And it's basically, it's about a supernatural person, woman, who's like a witch, who's being held captive on a submarine. That's about all I can say. <laughs> it's <laughs> not really a great film. So what's the long-haired? Gehara, the long-haired monster, was it's short. It's like a 20-minute movie. And where movies like Death Kappa and the... Return of Monster X, the G8 Summit, or whatever that film is called, where those movies have, you know, they have actually brought back traditional, somewhat tokusatsu effects and created these kaiju films in the, the modern era. You know, they're all comedies. The same thing for uh, the Riego, Riega movies from Shinpei Hayashiya, the guy who did Gamera 4. He then went on to direct two more kaiju films, and now he's actually working on his third. These are like independent films. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the uh, the Gilala, the X from Outer Space, you know, sequel, that's not an independent. That was done, I'm pretty sure, at Shochiku. And then the other one I mentioned, Death Kappa, I guess it's sort of independent. You know, I'm not exactly sure how that freaking came about, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it did. And that's what we have. Uh, but they're comedies. You know, that's what, sort of the problem I have. And this is actually one of the questions I had for the documentary. And I asked Shinpei Hayashia at G-Fest. I was like, so with these movies, you know, with these five films backing me up, essentially, even though one of them I absolutely love. All of these are comedies. These are the most recent kaiju films to be, you know, to come out in Japan. Can we expect to see serious kaiju films again? Or do the Japanese only think of these films as being hokey and for comedy purposes? Which is, you know, like most of the G fans that I know, that's our, that's our nightmare. <laughs> you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. not only is the, the rest of the world going to see these movies as hokey and cheesy and goofy and, and funny, but that Japan is going to take that on. And then, you know, where does our serious entertainment come from <laughs> at, yeah. at that point? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if you want to get deep, Jeff, you got to ask the <laughs> tough questions. You, you have to, you have to really get in there. <laughs> anyway, deep. So, yeah, so those are the guys that have been tapped to direct this. <laughs> you should really watch. When I get Gehara on Blu-ray, because I have a digital copy of it, but it looks really bad. Yeah. When I get it on Blu-ray, we're definitely watching it. So it's a comedy, then, basically. It's a comedy, but, like, the comedies that I mentioned, aside from Gehara, they're, you know, they're really silly. Mm-hmm. And you have not seen Death Kappa, right? I've only seen a few scenes that you have showed. Me. Okay, so when you come over later this month, hopefully, if you can make it for the Daikaiju discussion. Of course, who would miss Death Kappa? I'm raising my hand. <laughs> the listeners can't see that. Kyle's not going to be here, but... 
Yeah, I'll just be like, um, positive thoughts, go. <laughs> Everyone Last else. minute, we've decided to make yeah. this a drunken yeah. episode, just Kyle's so we can get through right this. Yeah. <laughs> you hear Jeff's voice come on the microphone. We're on episode, what episode are we on here? <laughs> Kyle's drunk, he passed out in the, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, that was a big, big concern of mine. So anyway, I think you should watch Gehara because it's the only one of those that really does a great job. I will say that Hayashiya's films are hit and miss, but, you know, his second independent kaiju film that had any kind of serious, you know, push behind it. So it was Riego, the deep sea monster, and Riega versus Battleship Yamato. I, the, the names are really confusing, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to add those to the Daikaiju discussion. Those are like full-blown movies, but I'm getting off track. He did the special effects for a movie called Sakuya Yokaiden which is a yokai film, but it's about, it's essentially almost like Cutie Honey. It's about a sort of superhero chick that fights yokai back in feudal era Japan. I think it might have been an anime beforehand. They did a live action version. You know, I could probably count about five or six of those kinds of things that they, mm-hmm. you know, did live action versions of them and they turned out okay. Uh, Sakuya Yokaiden is actually directed by Tomu Haraguchi, who directed Death Kappa. So, oh my God, there's your full oh, circle right there. there. But the deal is that Shinji Higuchi, without a doubt, is in that modern day kaiju creator camp. He's been working with miniature special effects since the Gamera series. And, you know, that's a long time to, to learn how to do this stuff. And he's, so he's freaking well, perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's well qualified. Well, well qualified. I was just telling somebody else, like the Gamera series is universally by G fans, universally hailed as some of the best movies ever made for yeah. this genre. Yeah. yeah and I mean, I absolutely still feel that, you know, they've got some flaws and stuff. I mean, it was hard for Toho to put that much effort and come out with something as good as yeah. the Gamera series, yeah. you know. So, in the long run, I'm very happy to have Higuchi on board. Very, very happy to have so, Higuchi on so board. So, do you think yeah. Shinji Higuchi is going to go with more of the comedic tone, like the films we were talking about, or I don't think hopefully so. not? Well, in uh, if I go to August Ragoni's blog, The Good, The Bad, and Godzilla, he has a translated interview with both Ano and Higuchi, and awesome. in it... At the very end, Higuchi says, Nevertheless, with my best friend standing beside me, we will triumph over the pressure that would otherwise make me run away. I'm paraphrasing some of this. I was born in this country which gave life to this great divinity, Godzilla, (laughs) which destined me to work in visual effects up until this very moment. I give unending thanks to fate for this opportunity. So next year, I'll give you the greatest worst nightmare. Nice. Oh, I really hope it'll be like a dark horror film, like what we thought the 2014 Godzilla was going to be. That would be cool. I would be, honestly, I would be fine with it going back to just what a Godzilla film really is, like a Japanese Godzilla film, how that feels. And if they Mm -hmm. can aim higher than Godzilla 2000, if they can aim higher than Godzilla 1985 or, you know, Godzilla Returns. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what they're going to do yet, but it sounds like things are going to be kind of dark and, and grim and I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I, the news of Higuchi being on board, you know, this is one of the things when August and I talked about the news of God, of Toho doing another Godzilla film, 
the thing that everyone was asking is, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? Man in suit or CGI? Mm-hmm. And the guy that August was sort of like, I don't know if I would say he was predicting, but he was, you know, formulating a, an educated opinion mm-hmm. that Toho might tap the guy who did Always on Sunset and the Yamato live action film. Mm-hmm. And that guy does a lot of green screen work. So that got me kind of upset. I don't want Godzilla to just be CGI. I really don't. Mm-hmm, I want yeah. it to be a man in a suit. And I could go off on a completely different tangent. We could talk about why I think a man in a suit could work and how I think personally it should change in order to make it better by augmenting CGI and, and some, you know, stuff like that. But the, the basic is the basic desire here is that I want Godzilla to be played by an actor in a rubber suit. Yeah. For the majority mm-hmm. of Godzilla's scenes, I want it to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want it to be completely unbelievable. And I think that's what the majority of the people who listen to this podcast want. As I think well. so too. Anyone that I've met, you know, from the, that's a listener to the podcast or even beyond, mm-hmm. like at G Fest, I don't think I know anybody that would be like, I'd prefer CG Godzilla. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Ever since they announced that this movie was going to be made from Toho. Uh huh. I've been more excited for this film than any sequel to the American film at all. Oh yeah, you know? that's <laughs> this is what I I'm, hear that a lot. Actually, I this really is what do. I'm hoping for because I think, like you know, with the American film, it's I think it's pretty much forgotten. Mm-hmm. It didn't have any, any kind of lasting imp- impact at all. But I think anybody who listens to I, this show, I think when Toho announced they're making a new film for 2016, yes. everybody was like. Yes, this is what we want. No, I agree with that statement for sure. Let's put a a fine point on this, as far as I'm concerned. If the American Godzilla had not come out, Toho would not be making a new Godzilla film. Sure, it might not be very memorable in the long run. It might not have what I consider to be the best parts of a Godzilla film. But that film and its success are exactly why we're seeing a brand new film from Toho. Without a doubt. But don't you think that, I mean, there's no way that Toho could match financially the money they put into no american not, not even film. close yeah. but because toho is doing less of the production themselves they might be relying more on independent companies i don't know if i would use independent but you know they aren't directly attached to the studio to make the film which means the financing can come from outside which means they can do what they want to do i mean that's exactly how movies like godzilla and pacific rim were made here legendary pictures sure we think of them as a studio but legendary pictures is essentially a separate entity from the people who released the film which is warner brothers so i think that's what we're more likely to see here now obviously i don't think that we're gonna see something as big budget as that well, but yeah, I mean, I don't Shinji think Toho has, has $250 million to soak into a gun. I don't film. think so either. But like, if they, if they do the right thing, we can have something that has better effects than the Gamera series. Yeah. That mm-hmm. honestly, that's my benchmark. Yeah. Make yeah. it better than Gamera 1999 and Gamera Advent of Legion. If you, if Toho did that with these guys, that could be the start of something so amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. What happens if this is a hit in Japan and with Godzilla fans? They could bring these guys back for more movies. That's what Toho typically does. They have a special effects director yeah. that helps 
with a lot of movies. I mean, they didn't do that so much in the in the Millennium series because they were doing like they were supposed to be doing different directors for every movie, and of course they brought Tezuka back for three of them. But Tezuka worked, I think, with three different special effects directors, and Kaneko brought his own person on for GMK. Anyway, the deal is Eiji Tsuburaya was the special effects director for years, mm-hmm. decades, technically. And so was Nakano, Teriyoshi Nakano. And then Koichi Kawakita was a special effects director for pretty much the entire Heisei era. You know, so I could see this becoming a thing for Higuchi because his stuff deserves to have that kind of treatment, in my opinion. His special effects work is unmatched as far as quality and enjoyability and that whole like thing where you have to suspend your disbelief, but you don't have to suspend it too much. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's just fantastic. Well, I think everybody, at least here, is hoping that this is the start of a new series. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, you know, before the, the movie was announced, before we saw the American Godzilla and before any of this noise was happening, I think I was pretty vocal about how I wasn't ready for a new Godzilla film to be from Japan. And I still have a little bit of trepidation there. I want to say I'm faithful that Japan's going to do it right, but I just don't want Toho to play the same cards that they've been playing for the past 20 years. And, you know, sure, they might have a, a hit in the next Godzilla film. And if they do another one after that, they might just say, you know who we should bring back? Mechagodzilla or King Ghidra or Mothra. And I just think they shouldn't do that. They should branch out, do something new, take my advice, make some period pieces, you know? <laughs> yeah. You could make improvements on the past, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I don't expect the brass to listen to the podcast <laughs> until I start making money off of it, and then I'm sure they'll <laughs> find a way. So, yeah, that's the big, that's the biggest news. Now, we've already talked about this for quite some time, so we should probably move along. But did you guys have any any thoughts, questions, hopes, fears for this next film that you wanted to share? I think I kind of already said mine, basically. Yeah. I'm hoping for a small, red, spiky, friendly monster. Uh, um, they can introduce versus... a new one. Baragon? Uh, versus. No, friends helps helps Godzilla. <laughs> In a friendly manner, could be friends with humans as well. Okay, okay. And just throw it out. Not bringing a bell. Throw it out. But what if Godzilla is evil in this? So, what if he's the bad guy? Well, then the friendly monster can help the humans. Mm. <laughs> All right, right then. I, Problem I think, solved. I, I, th- I think that is an atrocious idea. But <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Brian. Oh man, I, Higuchi's already a legend, and uh, I couldn't. I couldn't be more excited that these guys are working on it. I don't, I'm not as familiar with Ano. Yeah, Hideaki Ano, yeah. Uh, but I'm open to learning about Evangelion now and man, I'm, I'm very, very excited and I don't really get that excited for, for new movies coming out. But yeah, this is definitely generated much more excitement than I'd had with the, uh, Gareth Edwards Godzilla yeah. first. So let's think about the relaunching of the series points in time. So the director of uh, Godzilla 1985, as we know it here in the States, but Godzilla Returns or whatever you want to call it in Japan, like, I don't know anything else that guy's ever done. Uh, the special effects were great in it, I thought, but uh, obviously the, the studio spent too much money on the Cybot. Yeah. Uh, so 
while I have very nostalgic feelings towards Godzilla 1985, the movie itself, I'm aware that it's not that great. It's really not, you know, doesn't hold up as well. It's got some really slow parts, especially the human drama. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. Uh, and then the next reboot would have been Godzilla 2000. Really, really underwhelmed with Godzilla 2000. I need to go back and watch it again. But I remember walking out of the theater saying like, no, nah, that was fun. You know, it's kind of <laughs> cool. I wasn't talking a lot of trash about Godzilla 2000, but I definitely was disappointed, as I've yeah. said many times after watching Gamera 3. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're yeah. got it. I can't wait to see what they do. They just whiffed it. But the cool thing was, I remember like with Godzilla 2000, that was released theatrically in yeah. the United States. Yes, but. Which but you did not get. We don't. Often. Well, you got that with Godzilla 1985. That's true. But yeah. That's... I mean, just for these, just for these, uh, <laughs> points of examples, right? No, I'm just saying just for these points of examples, it was, it was exciting to have Godzilla yeah. come back in the theaters. I was very excited to see it in the theater. Um, I think if it did that again, I would go see it multiple times in the theater. Yeah. Just like the other movies that I rarely go to the movies, you guys. <laughs> like, and so for me to go see Pacific Rim and Godzilla like five, six times each, that's a good predictable behavior pattern for, you know, if a Japanese Godzilla movie came out. I got off on a crazy tangent, so I, <laughs> I, I would say it would be great if Shinji Higuchi came back for another Godzilla film and another Godzilla film. As long as he was continuing to make great-looking effects work, then I'd say, keep him on, please, you know, make yeah. him happy. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. give him whatever he wants. I don't know how blasphemous this sounds, but Shinji Higuchi is essentially the next step up from Eiji Tsuburaya, as far as I'm concerned. Because Tsuburaya was a pioneer, right? And he did things that nobody else had thought of, and he really made Japanese monster movies a thing. I mean, we wouldn't have them looking the way they do if it weren't for Eiji Tsuburaya. So obviously, I've got huge mad respect for him. But he died in 1970. That's a mm-hmm. long, long time. Th- that's over 40 years ago, you know. And so I think it's about freaking time that we had somebody that Godzilla fans could be really proud of being in charge of the special effects. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love Koichi Kawakita's effects. I really do. But there's room for improvement. And with Shiguchi, I'm sure there's room for improvement as well. Did I say Higuchi? I said Shiguchi. That's my new, yeah. It's too bad that the other guy isn't like a Shinji or something like that. It could be like the the (laughs) nickname I create for both of them. But now Shinji Higuchi. I just got so excited. Yeah. You know, I really do feel like he's going to be able to not only bring those old school effects up to date, but hopefully, fingers crossed, continue to teach people how to do this stuff. And then it, I mean, obviously we're probably not going to see a Kaiju boom, but we're kind of going through a Kaiju boom right now. Right. Mm -hmm. When is Mm -hmm. the last time we had so many news articles about stuff going on in Japan? That's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited if you can't. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, when when I first saw Gamera, I was so struck by the level of detail in yeah. Higuchi's work, even before I knew his name or anything like mm-hmm. that. It was something that we hadn't seen. I think back to like a movie like Rodan. There's so many details in all the buildings, all the cars, the little signs on the buildings that get destroyed are yeah. so well detailed. 
And later movies didn't have that, and it didn't make them bad movies or anything, but there's something about that level of detail that I really appreciated. And when I first saw Gamera Guarding the Universe, and like you're right up on some of the miniatures, and he's not afraid to show them, and they look great, there's all these little details of like little clothes hanging and all that. It was something that I hadn't seen in a while. And it made me think he was a legend right off the bat. So, and yeah, like you say, it that's only awesome. got better with two and three. So, yeah, this announcement makes me even more excited to see what he does with uh, Attack on Titan. Yes, this is essentially going to be our closest link, our closest living relative to what's going to be happening for Godzilla. You know, something we have no idea how he's going to, we don't know how he's going to do it. We don't know how he's going to proceed. But Attack on Titan, he's directing the film and the special effects. So he's doing everything and he's going to be doing it his way. So when is Attack of the Titan coming out? Uh, Was it spring of next year? Ooh. Because isn't Godzilla supposed to be released in summer of 2016? So they're going to have to start shooting by fall of this year. I thought Attack on Titan was either maybe this summer or Christmas. There's two of them, and the first one is like Christmas, and the next one's summer, or vice versa. Like the first one's this summer, and then next winter, but I'm not entirely sure on that. Yeah, yeah, we already talked about this on an episode, Jeff. Why are you trying to make me remember (laughs) things about stuff that I can't remember? Uh, Let's see, two films be released in the summer of 2015. So I'm hoping that those turn out pretty well. Yeah. Already the effects look amazing on just what mm-hmm. they've shown. Yeah. I haven't watched very much, just a, a tiny clip. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested, and it just the fact that just like now I'm kind of like, well, maybe I should watch Evangelion because Hideaki Anno directed it and was so involved with it, and now he's going to be working on Godzilla. I feel the same way about Attack on Titan now, even though I am already very familiar with Shinji Higuchi's work. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's great. He, he, oh man, seriously, I could, this could be an episode about Shinji Higuchi, but there's more stuff we have to cover because not only did we get, uh, the announcement of the director and the special effects director for the new Godzilla series, the Shinjuku Gracery Hotel has put the Godzilla head up on the top of their building and it's the 1992 Godzilla. They had an unveiling ceremony. We're just going to take a quick break here, and we're going to watch this video, and then we'll be right back.
So Jeff and Brian and Rachel just saw the video of Inside the Godzilla Rooms at the Shinjuku Hotel Gracery. Worth it. $350 is worth it. (laughs) It looks awesome. Yeah, for the main room. Yeah. Or rooms. I'm not sure if it's just one or what. I don't know. I'll have to find out when I get there. But uh, (laughs) yeah, in my opinion, if you're a Godzilla fan... Mm-hmm. It's well worth three hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, you could just spend your entire twenty four hours just sitting in that room. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It looks yeah. really cool. It does look cool, and I know it also looks kind of a little bit cheesy too. But I think there are definitely no, some really awesome. Parts. I disagree. I don't see it as cheesy. Good. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I don't. I don't. These are my people. <laughs> I was like, okay. yeah. yeah, I think it looks great. They. It seems like they made it for a Godzilla fan oh, in yeah. mind, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But yeah. this is the the cool thing to me is hearing about this news in December. And now here we are in April, and it's happened. Like, yeah. they came through yeah. with it, and totally. it happened, yeah. And the Godzilla, what is it, lounge or bar that they have Yeah, there the, too? the cafe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cafe. yeah. I think it might actually be called the Godzilla Head Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to stay in the room next time I go to Tokyo or the time after that. But I really feel like if I can save up the money, I should. We should all mm-hmm. save up. Yeah. yeah. And then all of us yeah. can just shit. We're not, yes. not going to be sleeping. We can just help you, you know. Yeah. Take kind turns. Kind of milling about in there. <laughs> yeah. Party in the Godzilla room, y'all. Okay, yes. so there's a... What are you laughing at? Party in the Godzilla room, y'all. That should y'all. be the name of yeah. the episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks awesome. I... I was really impressed with all the little details it looks like they have with the posters the and the posters concept and, art. Yeah, the concept art looks awesome. The the window I want to say window clings, but that sounds really lame. That's the cheese factor we're not talking about. Yeah. These look like professionally done window etching, but probably stickers. Probably of sticky monster, vinyl. Probably yeah. sticky vinyl to look like etched etched glass. Yeah. Of kaiju that are on the window so that when you're looking out at the skyline, it looks like they're in the skyline. Yeah. 
Which is awesome. That totally, is a cool touch. Right? Yeah. I like first <laughs> time I saw great. that I was like, Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nerding out about the whole room. Oh yeah. And the whole hotel. I mean the whole thing. Seriously. It looks like it has goodie bags. Souvenir bags for yeah. the gift shop. Where people could check out this. Oh yeah, I guess I, I can have YouTube. a link in the show. Yeah. Oh, okay, that. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll have a link in the show notes to the YouTube video uh, that I, I posted it on the KaijuCast Facebook page. It's from Gigi Press in Japan, and it basically walks you through both of the rooms, the Godzilla viewing room and the Godzilla room. And then they also show you the cafe, but they also have uh, like a cool Godzilla-related snack that you can get at the cafe. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's yeah. got like little uh, Godzilla footprints on it. It's, yeah. It's yeah. great. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty cool, to be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, has there ever been a themed like hotel or anything like this? Is like, have, <laughs> well, like, uh, there's Ultraman Land if you're talking well, I mean, Ultraman, like, but yeah. not Godzilla that I know of. I don't know if there are any Godzilla love hotels in Japan, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. But I mean, like, I know there's a Jurassic Park one. Oh, there is. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In my head, I was thinking, yeah. like, oh surely there's like a Lord of the Rings hotel or experience or something. I know there was going to be a Star Trek one at one mm. point. Well, Las Vegas is kind of full of themed hotels if we're yeah. talking themes. But I don't know for like movie wise, though. I mean, Excalibur yeah. was a movie as well. This but, is you know. this is. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing this is a little bit different. I don't think that this qualifies as a love hotel. I think it's a regular hotel where they. You can yeah, make it what you want it yeah. to be. You know, it's okay. For the next 24 <laughs> hours, it's whatever I want it to be. <laughs> it does have a Godzilla statue kind of thing in the room. Wouldn't it looks be like. awesome in that room if you ordered like room service? And the twins showed up. <gasps> oh my gosh! Jeff. Carrying your just, food on trays. Or it comes with I'm twin just, costumes. I'm just, you know, embellishing what pontificating. Think, yes, yeah. I'm just saying what I think. Should Jeff, happen. dirty old man, Dean. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the twins show up. It's, you know, I'm not saying little anything sake. happens. Yeah, Be a little sake served at ninety eight. Point five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so uh, there is one thing that I wanted to mention about this that nobody really seems to be talking about. And unfortunately, I don't even know that many details about it. But apparently, the sidewalk along the Seibu Shinjuku station has nine Godzilla art murals up on these metal boxes that belong to the subway system, I think. Or maybe it's part of the electrical system. It changes the lights. But there are these murals that are up on the on these boxes, and they're awesome. Yeah, they look really cool. There's a King Ghidra. There's a Biollante. There's a Mothra one. There's actually two Mothra ones. Uh, there's several Godzilla ones. Uh, one with Minya. One with Hedra on it. it there's a, like I said, nine in total. It's so cool. Such a great time to be a Godzilla fan right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move along to the next aspect of this story, which during the unveiling of the Godzilla head. That ceremony also included an announcement about Godzilla being named the ambassador. Yes. <laughs> ambassador Goji, you have the floor. <laughs> Scrunk. Wait, this is a figurehead position? He's not going to actually be bringing about changes? He's going to work directly <laughs> alongside of Prime Minister Abe. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so uh, the New York Post has an article here that I found that just says, at an award ceremony next to the giant Godzilla head, an actor in a rubber suit waddled to Shinjiko Mayor Kenichi Yoshizumi. However, Toho executive Minami Ichikawa had to accept the residency certificate in Godzilla's place since the suit's claws aren't designed to grab anything. (laughs) (laughs) It goes on to say that Godzilla has been appointed the special resident of and tourism ambassador for Tokyo's Shinjuku Ward. So Mm. that's the area where the hotel is. And the murals. And uh, yes, I believe, yes, the murals. Cebu Shinjuku, I think, is the next train station up or something. I'm not exactly sure. I got to find out where those are anywhere. But yeah. Mm. So Godzilla is the Shinjuku ambassador. Awesome. (laughs) Sweet. I'm just excited for Matt Frank or Jeff Zorno to do something cool in the comic book with that Godzilla hotel and have it you know, turn into the Godzilla Tower from Godzilla vs. Gigan. Nice. Yeah. Pretty sure that now I've said it on the podcast, it's going to happen, right? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You've yep. brought it to life. You've I've planted the life. seed. The seed mm-hmm. of Biolante. You know what's really cool about all this is that Godzilla is now again at the forefront of pop culture. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, because for a long time he was kind of like, yeah. you know, forgotten in a way. Yeah. Yeah, this started back, I'd say, a couple of years ago. Ever since 2013 at San Diego Comic-Con, that's when they had the Godzilla encounter. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, you know, this is just really, really awesome. A really great time for Godzilla fans to be alive. And hopefully everything works out with the movie that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have too much more to cover in this episode. But one thing I definitely wanted to talk about even if it's just a little bit, is the Godzilla video game. There have been some updates as of late. And Brian, what can you tell us about these? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do know that. Our video game correspondent, Brian. But I don't know that much about this particular one. Um, I know that Godzilla Versus is a free-to-play game. And you were saying it's kind of like an add-on to the existing PS3 Godzilla game. So... I unfortunately don't know much more than that, but... Well, I know they've added... Uh, I know Godzilla Versus is a multiplayer game. Oh. So it's supposed to be like a fighting game. Local multiplayer or online multiplayer? <laughs> Free-to-play games tend to be online multiplayer, but who knows? I know, but you never know. Sometimes. They're adding Space Godzilla to the game. Sweet. Uh, there are slates of new content, apparently. From new giant battle missions where the player will take on three-way monster brawls at the same time to a new game mode that allows online competitive multiplayer kaiju brawls. Nice. Mm. Gormaru Island, who I will have a link in the show notes to, is currently working on some translations of some flyers that came out. But basically, they've had their finger on this pulse for uh, at least several weeks now about this whole Godzilla versus game expansion or secondary game or whatever yeah. it is. You know, the current game in Japan that's out right now is only for the PlayStation 3, but this is going to be, I heard, please take it with a grain of salt, I heard it's going to be for the PlayStation 4 in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I think they were going to take the work that America does on the <laughs> PlayStation 4 version and then <laughs> report it back to the Japanese one. Nice. That's ex- That's what I'm understanding, at least. That would make the most sense. I don't know no video games, though, man, so I don't know what supposed to happen there but <laughs> i'm uh i'm excited to see what happens i mean i love a good godzilla video game i actually just played the uh the 
Save the Earth with somebody recently, <laughs> uh, and nice. it was hilarious. <laughs> My girlfriend's friend, uh, Caitlin, came over, and we were hanging out, and I was like, oh, let's play this game. I did not grow up with video games, but I learned how to play the Godzilla game, and I'm pretty good. I I don't wipe the floor with everybody that I play against, but I'm not born a gamer, you know, by any means. <laughs> Apparently, Caitlin was, because she would sit there and go, oh, this is stressful. I don't like this. What are you doing? Get away from me. <laughs> and then she won. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, anyway, I love a good Godzilla game, so I'm looking forward to more on the uh, Godzilla versus news as it comes along. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, not necessarily kaiju-related, but uh our friend August Ragoni, who runs the Good, the Bad, and Godzilla blog, and also the author of A.G. Subaraya, Master of Monsters, he is co-hosting a screening of the Green Slime on June 17th. Awesome. In uh San Francisco at the Balboa Theater. That might have the oh. greatest theme song <laughs> ever. Green Slime! Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I really <laughs> did. You hear the the Josie Cotton version of it we played on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he played it for me. It was good stuff. Good stuff. So I'll have the link in the show notes to that Facebook event, and then I think I think that's it. I think that's all we need to cover in this particular episode. We got another one coming up. Don't forget to do your homework for Death Kappa if you feel so inclined. <laughs> <laughs> and Death Kappa is available because you just purchased the. Uh, High definition Blu-ray, correct? That is correct. I purchased the Blu-ray. And who uh, put that out? Who is the Tokyo Shock? Okay. Put that out. Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes as usual to the actual Amazon page where you can get it for five bucks. It's pretty cheap. Um, if you want to, I won't hold it against you if you don't buy Death Kappa. Oh, it's also streaming. I put a link in the show notes of the last episode where you could watch it for free. And then please, 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 let me emphatically say this one more time. Please go support the Kickstarter campaign for Symphonic Fury, the music of Japanese monsters, because I really, really want to see this concert performed at G-Fest this year. Really, really badly. You know, I backed it. You should too. I think we are going to close the show out with a one track. This is actually from the Afukabe 100 concert. This is the suite from Godzilla vs. Gigan. That is going to be it for this particular episode. We will be back for one more for the Daikaiju discussion of Death Kappa. We'll see you later this month. Jamata.
Isn't the acapella songs, aren't they wildly popular? Don't Why don't we do them? an acapella one? <laughs> 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 You're welcome, everyone. I'm absolutely, absolutely including that at the end of the episode, without a doubt. Every episode. <laughs>